The Chargers decided to use their 2023 first-round pick on wide receiver Quentin Johnston. Does that mean this could be the farewell season for Keenan Allen and Mike Williams? You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we've been covering the Chargers together now for seven seasons, but this is our fifth season as a host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys, as always, for making this your first listen in the everydayers. No, to make sure you don't miss the show, go subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel or follow the show or listen to the show wherever you get your podcast from. David, what do we got today? The everydayers also know that it is Fan Mail Friday, so we are getting into all of your questions. We're turning this show over to you. Some great questions that you guys were able to bring to us. Is this the farewell season for Mike Williams or Keenan Allen? Well, the Chargers also made a new addition. They added somebody on the defensive line, and how involved is Derek Ansley going to be in the Chargers defense? Those are all questions we are going to answer on today's show. Yeah, a lot of good stuff. We appreciate everyone who hit us up for Fan Mail Friday, as always. And this defensive line competition looks like it's definitely heating up, David. A ton of bodies in that room. But we had a great question we couldn't ignore from Andrew R., who asked, could drafting Quentin Johnston mean goodbye to one or both of Keenan Allen or Mike Williams? In theory, QJ replaces Williams and Palmer replaces Allen, even though Tom Telesco said he wants Allen to be a lifer. So, David... That combined with what their cap hits are next year, I think is why this conversation is being brought up, right? $34.7 million in 2024 for Keenan Allen, $32.4 million for Mike Williams in 2024. I don't think that Quentin Johnson really has game like either of those guys, right? And that's kind of why I think they took him as far as just complimenting those guys. What do you think here? Yeah, I think I'm in agreement with that, actually. I think Quentin Johnston brings a skill set to the table that is different than either one of those two receivers. I mean, I think when you look at what Keenan Allen brings to the table, he it's not really anything that Quentin Johnston does. You know, Keenan Allen's release packages are nasty. He understands everything that's going on. He understands what the defense is trying to do to him. His route running is just pristine. And he has that chemistry already, that connection with Justin Herbert that obviously Quentin Johnson has not been able to establish yet. And then Mike Williams, like you know, like we all know, he, he's the the big body, go up and get it type of wide receiver. And Quentin Johnson has good size, right? Six two, six foot three. You know, depending on who you ask, yeah. uh, you know, two hundred and ten pounds. But he's not really your go up and get it and snatch it away from a de- defensive back type of wide receiver. He's a guy that you get the football in his hands and you watch him work and see him use his athleticism to get those yards after catch so I don't know if this is just a one-for-one type of swap there and also I think when you're considering all of this you have to think about Josh Palmer in this situation as well and do you trust Josh Palmer to be that heir apparent to Keenan Allen I think asking all of those questions I don't think that this pick with Quentin Johnston directly results in the dismissal of Mike Williams or Keenan Allen 
Then again, it does kind of feel like one of those guys will be gone next year. So, like, yes. I, I, to me, I, I find it hard to believe that both of those guys are gone next year, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the dead cap obviously is way down next year just because of the restructures and, like, yeah. you, you could get away with it, but it's still going to, you know, save you a lot but cost you a pretty penny as well. They're going to have to do something, right? Like, yeah. they're already over the cap in 2024. Like, they have four plus million dollar contracts not including justin herbert so yeah it's hard to imagine they're going to have both those guys and it might depend on what happens this season like this season might have direct bearing on that and it is interesting man because obviously keenan allen is the older one right so like you would think he would be the more likely one but mike williams like how well does that game age right jumping up coming down with balls like that having those you know really tough on the body type of catches that he has And coming off of a back injury to end last season, you know, a small back fracture, like there's certain reasons you would be concerned about either one of those guys and both of those guys missed time last year. Last year it was more Keenan Allen that missed time, but we saw how good he was when he was out there. And then, you know, Mike Williams ends up missing the most important game of the season because he was in a game that he shouldn't have been in, to be fair, right? Like not on him at all. So. Man, that's tough. It doesn't feel like both of those guys, you know, will be there considering those cap hits, but it also doesn't feel like Quentin Johnson is a direct replacement for those guys either. I or a direct it, reason, right? I think yeah. it's more just the contract is going to be the reason why. And obviously, oh, sure. if either one of those guys get an extension, then they can manipulate that cap hit further. But, you know. Yeah, I agree and disagree with that. From the standpoint of, like, having more talent in your receiving room makes it easier to let go of a talented receiver, right? Sure. Even if even if the skill sets don't totally match, you don't need them to. Like, good receivers are good receivers. You'd yeah, like to true. have someone who could do those things, but the Chargers not having an elite jump ball receiver, I don't think, I think hurts them less to not have than someone like Keenan Allen, who is so critical on yeah. third downs. I don't know, though, because, I mean, Mike Williams does score touchdowns, too, right? I mean, he is a great red zone threat. It's tough. Both guys, you know, when they're <laughs> healthy, could put together pretty comparative seasons, I think. They play such different games, but we have to face the reality that next year, I mean, Tom Telesco is pushing his chips into the middle of the table, at least from a contract standpoint. They're going to have some really, really tough decisions they're going to have to make. I think one of those guys is not on the 2024 roster. Who that's going to be, I think it could depend on what ends up happening and how it plays out this coming season. Well, it's kind of funny how crazy mirrored it is for the two high-priced contracts on offense and the two high-priced, you know, cap hit contracts on defense with Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. And yeah. I can guarantee you this, one of those two guys are probably not going to be on the Chargers roster sure. next year. And it's more than likely going to be Khalil Mack. But, I well, mean, that's just, yeah, you know, we'll see, right? I mean, it, this, this season is going to go. Joey Bosa plays five games again this year, do you think yeah, it's then, Khalil Yeah, they might, have to, they might have to. I mean, they, they might have to have that, that conversation. But... One of those guys, I think, on each side of the ball may not be with the Chargers after next season. And the one thing about Quay, or Mike Williams is he's always been a chief killer, right? That yeah, absolutely. For those matchups. You need more than that, obviously. But sure. it does bring us to our next fan mail question from one of our fan favorites, one of my favorites always. Atir thinks that we're downing the Chargers a little bit too much. Dan, David, how are you, my boys? This is Atir. Okay, I have a question for tomorrow. Chargers fans are really upset when they say we can't beat the Chiefs, we can't win the West. Why are we playing the game? Let's just forfeit. Don't even show up. Let me get your thoughts. Do I have the right to be upset? Love you. Atir, I I love you, first of all. Let's start there. But 
I get it. I mean, we've been those people, right? Like, we're the ones that are downing them. And I think for us, it's, we're kind of in a prove-it mode because, David, I mean, let's be honest. The Chiefs have won this division seven seasons in a row. So, like, yeah. it, it, and the Chargers haven't won since 2009. So, like, yeah. I think it's fair to question whether they can beat the Chiefs. But also, it doesn't mean they can't beat the Chiefs. No, it doesn't mean that at all. And, and I've said it many times, and I'll continue to say it. The Chargers play the Chiefs tougher than anybody else in the NFL, and I think the numbers and the, the statistics and the scores, they prove that. So, yeah, it's here. My brother, I would mm-hmm. love, and I mean absolutely love, to see the Chargers beat the Chiefs, beat the Broncos, beat the Raiders, and be AFC West champions again for the first time since 2009. But... They're not even the last person out, outside of the Chiefs to win the division. It was the Broncos. They have, they're the ones that won it in 2015. So <laughs> Peyton Chargers, Manning was the quarterback of the Broncos last time somebody other than the Chiefs won the division. And, yeah, and they've had about 15 quarterbacks yeah. since then. So, uh, At least they found yeah. the right one now, right? I mean, that's, that's the good news. I mean... <laughs> Right, of course they have. I mean, I guess they at least they hope uh, to the tune of a quarter of a billion dollars yeah. that he is the uh, next quarterback of the future. But I do definitely believe the Chargers can be the Chiefs. I know it, and I hope to see it, but that's just where I'm at. I need to see it before I can fully believe it. I understand being upset that you know people aren't giving the Chargers a chance against the Chiefs. They definitely have a chance. It's just 100%. you can't come out and just say this is going to be the year because you just don't know what the roster is even going to look like when those games come up. First of all, yeah. but I understand like why you would have hope. Like if you look yeah. back at how that you know has gone since Brandon Staley has taken over, right? Two overtime losses, three losses by three points, and the four losses that Brandon Staley has against Patrick Mahomes specifically have been by a combined fifteen points. Right at combined. the same time. Yeah, in four games, 15 points. Three of those were three-point games. Two of those were overtime losses, right? At the same time, Brandon Staley is 1-4 versus Patrick Mahomes. Justin Herbert is 1-6 versus Patrick Mahomes with Oof. one win against backups sprinkled in there. So that's yeah. why it's hard to be really confident. But, Atir, I love your confidence. Never change. We do have to talk about a big addition, physically at least, to the Chargers' defensive line room because they brought in a veteran for a really, really deep defensive line position that's going to have a heated training camp battle. So we're going to talk about Nick Williams and if the Chargers could potentially add more in free agency coming up after this. But I do need to tell you guys that my number one free agent, as always, is Built Bar, the best protein bar on the market. And you just got to try them. They're delicious, and they will fit on your diet as well. You have flavors like peanut butter brownie. You have peanut butter puff, which is just, you know, a delight. You can go snickerdoodle chunk puff. You can go coconut almond. There's so many great flavors, and most of the bars have only 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 4 grams of sugar. So ditch those waxy, chalky protein bars. Get something. Get the unicorn of the protein bar world. Get something that actually tastes great to break up the monotony of your diet, right? Diets are boring. Have something that makes you go on a little daydream, and you can pretend, you know, for 10 minutes that you're not on a diet anymore because you're eating something that's cinnamon churro flavored, right? And the great news is you can now find them at your local Walmart and get a four-bar box there, or you can stack up and go to your local Sam's Club and get a 13-bar box, and if you do that, I promise you, you will find your favorite flavor. But since you listen to this show, we will still hook you up as well. If you go to BuiltBar.com, you can use the promo code LOCKEDON15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. David, the Chargers did make an addition, you know, a – an offseason after the draft, post-draft free agent signing, which is something we wanted, right? Make yeah. some moves after the draft, like a Morgan Fox, like a Bryce Callahan, like a Kyle Van Noy. 
And we got one, but it wasn't necessarily the big name we were hoping for. But that's just today, David. The good news is that every day is now. We will be back with you guys on Monday, as always, five days a week, 365 days a year. Well, not quite, but it feels like it a lot of the time. <laughs> we will be back with you guys next week, and we're working on some Chargers player interviews and a lot of other big things, and always just the latest Chargers news, whatever comes out. But let's talk about Nick Williams, David. The Chargers added a veteran defensive lineman to a really, really packed room full of defensive linemen. Yeah, I mean, it is a packed room, but it's not packed full of a lot of experience. And I think that is why I like this move. I am happy that they bring in somebody in that has played a lot of football in the NFL. And I think you look at you know his total snaps, they didn't really take an uptick until after the 2018 season where he had his second year in Chicago. That's where he really started to get a lot of play. You know, 500, 500, 600 plus snaps each of those three seasons and then you know last year he played only about eight games and then he went down with an injury and he missed the remainder of the season but you know you look at the chargers and their defensive line room you got sebastian joseph day who is healthy and motivated austin johnson recovering from an injury morgan fox is your situational pass rusher scott malock is a 2023 draft pick uh, Gerard Clark is a 2023 UDFA. Uh, David Moa, very little experience. Otita Obonia, recovering from an injury. Basile Okoye, an international transfer this year. So it's just a lot of bodies, not a lot of experience or a lot of health. So I think this is a quality signing, a good backup plan, a good contingency plan, just in case those guys that are recovering for injury from injury are not quite ready to come back. Yeah, I saw Stephen Haglund from Guilty as Charged bring out the fact that he's kind of like the Christian Covington, and that feels about right, right? Yeah. Like, not a move that's going to move the needle for right. your roster, but a guy that's going to come in and be, you know, at least, at the very least, veteran competition, which is yeah, what we've been, you know, right? talking about wanting to add to many positions. Maybe not yeah. this position. Right. But, yeah. David, I also wonder, you know, what does this tell us about, Austin Johnson and Tito Abonia, right? Could those guys be a little bit further back than they were hoping at this point to go in and add, you know, a veteran like this? I think that's something to pay attention to as well. Maybe yeah. those guys aren't recovering as quickly as they thought they would. Right. But man, what a competition this is going to be at the end of this roster. Cause like, you're not even talking about Gerard Clark. You're not even talking about Terrence Lang. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's like, this is a, an 11 deep defensive line room like as we yeah. see it right now and not all those guys are going to make the roster of but. course not but they are definitely trying to uncover every single stone and they're trying to bring bodies in give them opportunities to go out there and show what they can do and see if they can earn a role because right now there's some uncertainty in that room and and availability is the best ability so you, if you can go out there and show what you can do then maybe you can earn yourself a role yeah, well, and I think the big question is just how many of these guys will the Chargers realistically keep, right? So if right. you're looking back at last year, the Chargers kept six defensive linemen, which, you know, was you know, one of their most populous positions. Like, that is where they kept a lot yeah. of the guys last year, and they needed it, right? They right. had a ton of attrition at that position. A lot of yep. the guys they had in that room entering the season ended up playing a lot, and Braden Fajoko gets back. The last year it was Braden Fajoko, Sebastian Joseph Day, Austin Johnson, Jerry Tillery, you remember him? Tito Abonia Try not and to. Morgan Fox. Yeah, so you're missing two of those guys, right? And they ended up swapping out Christian Covington and Braden Fajoko almost right, right away after that. Yeah. But they went with six and usually kept one of those guys inactive on game days. After seeing how hard that position was hit, it makes a lot of sense. And like we've talked about before, like even just having, you know, 
the guys that don't make it be great depth on your practice squad, knowing that some of those guys will end up finding their way onto the active roster is only good. Like I yeah. love adding veteran competition. If yeah. it gets beat out, that's great, great. news. It means one yeah. of your young guys is out there. This <laughs> exactly. though seems like a Tito Bonia, especially with the patellar tendon injury. I saw Austin Johnson, Daniel Popper posted. He was out there at the OTAs with the, you know, without a knee brace. So looks like he's coming along. We'll see Tito. That's a more serious injury. And I think this is kind of insurance for that as well. But yeah. nothing that really moves the needle. And I like the thought process of bringing in veterans, especially just for competition. Push some of these young guys. Don't just award guys roster spots. Yes. But at the same time, that's kind of frustrating, David, because you wish they would do that at other positions as well. Like there are several positions I wish they had, you know, went out and found some veterans and maybe added to maybe even instead of the defensive line. Yeah, like safety. Uh, duh. Like, I mean, that's the biggest one that's out there, just like because of what we talked about yesterday. You're one Darwin James injury away from having to have JT Woods go out there and play a lot more football than you probably want him to play this early on in his and career. And Darwin James has only played one fully healthy season. It was when he was a rookie. So, like, yeah. you know, so you're, he's going to be missing games at some point. Yeah, I mean, or, hey, I, tight end. That's another position group. Why didn't you add somebody? You know you yeah. didn't get enough from your blocking tight end last year. You don't want to push Trey McKitty? some competition. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't want to why get not? someone that can push Trey McKitty? I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. As far as, like, just why we haven't seen those sure. moves and there, Hey, there's still plenty of time for them to make those moves, But there's right? not plenty there's of still... roster spots, man. Like, they, they have, you know, like, and, and they could just release an undrafted free agent or, you know, they, sure. they could make room if they want to always. But, like. One position you didn't talk about, corner. You know, yeah. like, I, I think that kind of shows you the confidence they have that J.C. Jackson's going to be back, obviously, yeah. and the confidence they have in Jazeer Taylor because he played well towards the end of the season but had some obvious flaws. Here's another one. Offensive tackle, right? Like, I, I like the thought of Jamari Sawyer, you know, pushing yeah. out to tackle and being a swing tackle if he has to be, but it doesn't feel like that's what the move would be. To me, right. it feels like they would end up putting either Zach Bailey, right, or Foster Sarrell out Foster there. Foster Sarrell, yeah. And, and that scares me. And, and it scares me that there's no veteran presences to push those guys, right? And it just feels like those are positions I would like to see more depth at, positions I would like to see veterans brought in, David, where yeah. they could push some of these guys and just not be giving away roster spots. Not, I mean, everyone earns their roster spot to a certain extent, obviously. But, like, those... Like, I, I guess what I'm wondering is, like, could we still see it? Like, are we expecting to see it? If this is kind of the level of free agent signings that they're doing, this either means, you know, they feel good about those positions because they haven't added to them, or maybe, David, this is the move that kind of starts the domino effect of the Chargers bringing in some more guys. Yeah, and, and I'm hoping that's the, the case there. Is, Fingers crossed the, for the latter. Yeah, yeah, right, that course. is the latter. But um, <clears throat> I, I think, honestly, just knowing the Chargers – I don't know if they're going to make any other type of these moves. I think they might wait until there's an injury that forces their hand to make these type of moves because we've seen it in years past where we have identified a clear and obvious deficiency and the Chargers have been completely fine with going into the season with that deficiency and seeing how it worked out. And just a spoiler, they never work out well. Yeah. <laughs> so the Chargers that. need to continue to add to those position groups if they feel like they're going to get the best quality team that they can put out there. Yeah, it's just interesting, man, because like I just don't think like I'm not telling them to go sign someone who's going to cost eight million dollars a season. Right. No. Like, all these guys are going to come at veteran minimum contracts for the most part at this yeah. point in this offseason. So like 
I don't see the downside of it, and maybe we still see it, but it's getting later and later. The moves we saw last year happened earlier than you know the move we saw today. Yeah, I don't know, man. It, it's interesting, but it's just like even with JT Woods, even if you had full trust in JT Woods, man, like what happens if you know, like there's no one else? Like it's yeah. three guys deep as far as guys who have gotten snaps for this team outside of Raheem Lane, you know, and yeah. very very small sample size. I don't know, man. It feels really shallow. Yeah, obviously it would be cool. I like the Nick Williams signing. I really do. I'd like the John Johnson signing better, right? There's other signings I would like a yeah. lot better than that. But we do have more fan mail questions to get into, including what is the Derek Ansley effect going to be? What will his role be as the Chargers' new defensive coordinator? Because obviously they weren't very happy with Ronaldo Hill. So we're going to get into that coming up right after this. Getting back into Fan Mail Friday here, another shout-out to everyone in the everydayers who reached out to us to get your questions on the show. And you always know the everydayers when you see the questions because sometimes people ask questions about something we literally talked about yesterday. So thank you to everyone who chimed in, and thank you to everyone who wrote in and didn't get on the show. I mean, we had a ton of good questions. Super fan Zach had a good question that we couldn't get to today. We also had good voicemails that we couldn't get into today as well. Barnaby, we want to get into yours, and we're going to save those for the next Fan Mail show because we had some good ones that got left on the cutting room floor today. But let's get to this one here from Bolt Wheat David, who says, as always, you guys never disappoint. You're still my favorite lunchtime. Listen, could I have skipped that part? Sure, but it was very nice, so I'm not going to. How much influence will Brandon Staley allow new defensive coordinator Derek Ansley to have on the defense? It doesn't seem like a bad idea to delegate more duties on defense so that Staley can t- take in the big picture. What do you think here, David? Yeah, well, I, I think the the one thing that I, I like and that I know is that Brandon Staley thinks extremely highly of Derek Ansley, like very, very highly. Like he's one of his right-hand guys. So I, I like that aspect of it, but also let's consider this. Brandon Staley has already said, regardless of who the defensive coordinator is, in air quotations I'm putting it, he is going to be calling plays on defense. So how much of an impact can he really have if he is not orchestrating the defense? That is not something that I don't think either of us would be able to quantify if, if we were not in the room, but I I think it's a different voice. You know, it's somebody that Staley trusts is more, maybe more in line with his philosophies on the defensive side. He does have a track record of development and being able to get the most out of players. And now he doesn't have to worry about just a specific position group on defense. He can be able to spread his influence across the entire defense and try to see how that works out. I think the nice thing is is he's coming from a position group you feel really good about over the last yeah. couple of years and what Derek Ansley has been able to do with the defensive backs, right? And I think that's important, too, because the group he is working with was really the strength of the Chargers team over the last no couple of seasons, obviously. So I think that's part of it. And it would just be disingenuous to come on here and tell you, you know, this is exactly what Derek Ansley's role is going to be because guess what? We have wondered what Ronaldo Hill's role was for two seasons leading yes. up to this, right? <laughs> so, like, that was always something. And the Chargers, you know, let the you know Ronaldo Hill go to the Miami Dolphins to be in their uh, you know secondary coach under Vic Fangio, but at the same time, like the Chargers wanted this to happen, like that doesn't yeah. happen unless the Chargers wanted. The Chargers wanted a new voice. I do think Derek Ansley is probably the more hype of the two of them as far oh, yeah. as just being able to be a vocal guy. And <laughs> yeah. I think this is the thing, David. You just have to hope it's Brandon Staley's defense is always going to be right. And yes. let's be honest, it hasn't been good enough. The firing no. of Ronaldo Hill 
could be looked at as a scapegoat a little bit just because it's like, hey, you're a defensive-minded head coach. But sure. he does have, you know, bigger picture things he has to worry about, and that's part of it, right? But yeah. that does mean, hey, if that's taking you away from the defense being good, you need to figure out something different. You need to find a better voice to make it translate better. We know yeah. that Brandon Staley's defense schematically works. Teams yeah. are doing it all over the league now. We've seen yeah. him do it at a top level. But something's getting lost in translation. There's broken plays. It doesn't end up, you know, showing up on Sundays until like and, last and, season we saw it a little until, bit. You know. Until the end. And it seems like it takes way too long for the de- the defense for them to get settled in, for them to feel confident that they can go out there and execute the defense and fly around and not have to think. You know, they can just yeah. go out there and react, which mm-hmm. is what you want, obviously. But that's not really something we've seen early on in the season. So I would love for Derek Ansley to get with Brandon Staley to be able to get that defense to translate in a way that everybody's firing off the ball and ready to go from week one. Yeah, and just that you you have guys filling the right gaps in the running game, right? You have yeah. guys who are more schematically sound and just less kind of broken defense, which is what this has been. We've seen flashes of it. We've seen stretches of it. The Chargers made some progress towards the end of last year, but you ended your season getting blown out by the Broncos and giving up like 40 points to them. And then obviously what happened in the Jacksonville Jaguars game where you blow a 27-0 lead. So like it hasn't been good enough. I'm hopeful. And, you know, we always talk about the differences that Kellen Moore is going to make and we hope that he'll make. And we don't talk nearly enough about Derek Ansley and what he could potentially bring to that group. I'm excited about the move. But it's just we just have no idea how it's going to translate, and we don't have any idea exactly what his job is going to be as far as the day-to-day operations and if he's going to be taking over any more of Brandon Staley's duties. So I'm excited about it. We'll see kind of how it plays out, but it's hard to imagine it could be worse, if that makes sense. So let's get to another one here. We do have a good voicemail that I want to get into from Donnie, half Packers fan, half Chargers fan. Let's see what he has that trader this week. What's up, guys? This is Donnie from Wisconsin. Just want to let you know that the Chargers game when they come to Lambeau is part of my, my ticket package. So I will be at Lambeau for that game wearing my powder blue Justin Herbert jersey. No waffling. It's full stuff all day. Later. I'm so <laughs> sad that we've made Donnie feel like he has to prove his fandom to us. Actually, I'm <laughs> not. Pick a side, buddy. You know, But the, my question is first. What jersey are you wearing to the rest of your game package that you have with the Green Bay Packers? Because I know you're saying, hey, the Chargers game, you're going to go into foreign territory and wear a Justin Herbert jersey, but I'm starting to feel like you're going to have a cheese head on for the rest of those Packers games. No, I'm just kidding, Donnie. Well, I'm excited for that game. One of the games I'm looking forward to most on the schedule, Justin Herbert versus Jordan Love. And David, I know that's a game that sticks out to you as well. It does stick out to me because it is one of the games that I am going to be (laughs) attending in person. So cool. I am going out to Lambeau. Um, I don't really care about money. Money comes and goes, but the experiences, they are what. That's a bucket list stadium, man. Ever. That's a bucket list place for sure. It 100% is. And I will be there rocking the powder blue Justin Herbert jersey. So I better see you, Donnie. We will see. That will be the true test. But I am going out there that weekend. I can't wait. I am just overjoyed and stoked that I'm going to be able to catch a Chargers game in legendary Lambeau Field. Yeah, man. A, a, a truly classic stadium. There's not many in the NFL, right? There's In baseball, not you get anymore. like Fenway. You get Wrigley, right? Yeah. Lambeau's kind of one of a kind in that sense, right? I mean, there's yeah. a bunch of just beautiful monstrosities. But like Lambeau just hits different. 
Uh, yeah. You know, and I think that if there's a game you're going to go to on the road, if there's a stadium you want to check out, I feel like that has to be near the top of the list. But maybe that's not the only game we're going to go to. Hey, Dan. David Weston here from Minnesota. I got two questions for you today. Do you guys, either of you two, have any idea uh, what Chargers games you'll be attending this year at all? And a uh, follow-up question. Last year, I know during the uh, dead time of the offseason, you guys did three shows a day. Is that going to be the same this year, or are you going to keep doing five? Thanks for making the show. Both up. Weston, thank you for calling into the show. If So, like, I will know more, you know, when the prices get a little, you know, when it gets a little closer, what, what's going to be, because right now it's hard to say. Yeah, I, if I'm going to go to a Chargers game this year, I'm looking at the Bills and I'm looking at the Ravens. Those would be the two I want to attend the most. I know you were saying that you had a couple that you might go to even besides just the one in Lambeau. Yeah, I think the one. the the one I got my eye on as far as a home game because I do want to try to attend a home game and an away game this season. The the home game I'm going to go to more than likely is probably going to be the Raiders game, which is week four. That is the day after my birthday, so that is probably going to be a birthday present to myself to go check out the uh, the Chargers and the Raiders in L.A. and hopefully they get a big big victory against the Raiders. Family trust and respect. Calm down, Javier Reyes. Wrong team. Ah. Deep cut. That's a deep deep cut. Every day is mine now, but that that's a deep one. Uh, hard to be mad about Chargers Raiders, <laughs> right? And then I'll end up probably going to like a random game. Like last year, I was really excited. Chargers Rams. That looked like it was going to be a heck of a matchup, right? And didn't, yes. didn't. I mean, it was a fun game to go to. Don't get me wrong. And they right. whipped that behind, but yes, it, you know, it looked like it. You know, it was the Chargers. Yeah, it didn't mean the nearly Bowl as champions. much as you it thought. Was the it was defending going to be. Super Bowl champions. I was like, yeah. oh, this is going to be a great game. And I was like, <laughs> oh, this is a terrible team. That's Baker Mayfield out there. But <laughs> as far as the other question goes, every year. We usually have a six-week span in which we go down to three shows a week, and it's during the no-contact period. Yeah, not three a day. <laughs> no, 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 not three a day. Yeah, three a week for sure. I mean, I know what you mean. We're every day, you know, most of the year. I don't know. <laughs> that's the that's real answer right now. We, If it is, it's going to be for June where we'll go down to three shows a week. And, like, truly, I mean, it is a good chance for us to recharge us as hosts, but also, yeah. like, we would have to really, really stretch it. Like, there's just no actual football activity going down. So we'll always get creative, and we can't wait to bring you guys the freshest content available. And I think, you know, every year we do a better job of that. But we might have something big coming up that might kind of prohibit that to a certain extent, you know. So we have some some big things that we're working on and some big things on the horizon, which we'll let you guys know, obviously, as soon as we can. But I don't know if we'll be able to get a full six weeks of three shows in a week, David. It might be... a Maybe a month, maybe June, maybe not at all. It could be your five days a week for the whole year, and then I'll just be like looking crazy and just you know even more haggard and stuff than I already do. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. Thank you to everyone who reached out today for Fan Mail Friday and everyone who called into the voicemail line at 323-524-7924. Make sure you guys are back next week. We'll be back with you guys on Monday, and we are working on some Chargers interviews players to come on the show because you know we always like that and feel like we always get some good stuff out of them and also just any of the latest moves you know maybe the charge will add another free agent this weekend we will see but to make sure you don't miss it go subscribe or follow for free on youtube and listen wherever you get your podcast from and you can also find the show every day on all of our social media you can find us on twitter at lockdown lac you can find me on twitter at dan talk sports and david drogenmeyer on twitter at drotalk 
SD and his DMs are always open. You can also find us on Instagram at Lockdown Chargers and our Lockdown Chargers Facebook page. Thank you, everyone, who called into the voicemail line again. That number is 323-524-7924. Everyone, you're doing such a good job with the 30-second voicemails. We want to get as many in as we can. Atir, Weston, everyone, Donnie, thank you guys for calling in. All the guys we couldn't get to this week, Barnaby, Allen, or Alex, maybe we, you know, we'll get to those ones on the next show. But that's going to wrap it up for us today. We'll be back with you guys on Monday. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.